Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor. I am your host, Greg Sylvander. Tonight's floor plan with me, uh, Brian Fonseca. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian Fonseca NY. We come to you directly following the Miami Heat's dramatic, absolutely amazing comeback victory that has so much that we need to unpack on this episode. I'm highly excited to talk about it with Brian. The <laughs> Heat beat the Phoenix Suns 113 to 112. Uh, really um, extending a winning streak that we all wanted to see them extend. They now go out on the road, but I think they do it in high spirits. There were things to take from this game that I think are really important. This was an important game they had to get. I felt like if they were going to turn around the season, they needed this one. And um, right off the bat, I uh, feel really good about a lot of things that took place tonight, despite there are some things, there were some defensive things that we're going to get into. So I'm not going to paint it all like it's unicorns and rainbows, but there were um, at least a couple unicorns and a handful of rainbows that like showed themselves in um, the Miami arena is what I'm calling it for right now. Cause I have such <laughs> fond memories of walking up <laughs> those steps, uh, but we're, we're not calling it anything else. Um, Ryan, I'll go to you first uh, as we get started here. Um, and again, this is a quick episode directly following the game for our list for our uh, listeners here. You can check out uh, a post game show, Hangover Time uh, via Miami Heat Beat is taking over our YouTube channel as we speak. So if you hear this pod because we're trying to get it up quickly, you can shift over to the channel and watch some post game festivities there. Uh, but Brian. Quick takeaways on this game. I'm interested to pick your brain on the things that jumped off um, the stat sheet, but not just the stat sheet. You watched the game, obviously, just things um, that you thought were were really uh, key drivers in this game and also just um, the, the magnitude of a victory against Phoenix before they head out on the road. Well, first, let's take a larger view because going into this stretch that just completed, uh, they had a bunch of home games. And you and I were up here, and I think Sean was on that episode too, where we all were like, yeah, they should probably win five out of six of these home games they have coming up. And the only road game they've had recently was a loss at Indiana, which they should have won uh, or very well could have if they played better. And then they had the Portland loss at home. But if you take away those games, right, like they ended up winning – of these six home games that they had, they won five of them. We were saying they should win five out of six. They had yeah. the road game against Indiana. So they won five of their last seven, which, you know, that's a good sign because two of those wins, one of them was against Golden State. And one of them was just tonight against Phoenix, a win that they fought back into that game. Like, here's the thing, the way that this heat team, this is how, you know, like they're, they're not quite where they want to be. They're not quite like the, the heat team of last year, but they're closer than they were a week ago, two weeks ago, simply because when they were down 102 to 89, and this was with like eight minutes and eight seconds left, you're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> the defense is starting to crack. 
Yeah. They're starting to poke holes. You know what I mean? They're starting to get get into the lane and hit up hit these floaters and get to the rim, then be in Phoenix. And then you saw the Heat fight back. And what really sparked that comeback, Greg, was Bam in transition. And there's something ignitable about when Bam at a bio, yes, the defensive play is like turning into offense. That's something that, you know, teams, uh, what this team feeds off of in terms of energy. When he gets out in transition and is able to create, not always score, he scored tonight. We're going to get to that in a second. When he's able to get in transition and score those buckets, you saw Jimmy feed off that because he was trying to get a steal like on the possession after. You saw Caleb Martin was flying around even more than he was prior. Kyle Lowry, he had a stretch late in the game where he passed up two three-pointers that I felt like he could have shot either one coming off the screen where they sort of hedged and he just kind of walked into walked into these pull-up threes that he didn't end up taking. What happened on the other end? Drew a charge, got them the ball right back. Ended up hitting a, a three, a critical three late in the game. Didn't let that deter him. Like, they were able to feed off of what I felt like was a Bam Adebayo sparked run. And Bam, even though in the beginning of the game, I was kind of like, man, you might be a little too aggressive here, you know, with some spurts. But he was awesome in the second half. The whole game, but in the second half in particular. And my big takeaway was, like, Bam had... Now, granted, he yes, you want him to do this a little bit more often, but he did have that game that people are sort of waiting for and challenging him doing where he led the team on both ends and really sparked a 13-point comeback that they ended up winning against a team that won over 60 games last year. Yeah, no, Bam Adebayo, and I'm glad this is the direction that we're heading down because um, he had a huge game. Uh, we're going to dissect it even further because this is an important game for a guy like Bam. And I think to your point about him being um, the player that was kind of the linchpin of what took place tonight and really like uh, spearheaded a lot of what took place, uh, particularly in the fourth quarter when he really got going, um, is that we talk about this team doesn't have enough athleticism and they don't have enough size, and they don't have enough um, just straight-up athletes. Well, guess what? Bam Adebayo is probably one of the most athletic players in the NBA, top to bottom. Um, You know, when you really, like, look at what his range and his skill set and everything he can do athletically. So to see him unlock more and more of that, to me, is really important. And one of the other keys to that is him remaining to remain – remaining to remain listen to me it's getting late uh (laughs) remaining aggressive and to that point as i sneak uh one of our great sponsors in here a aggressive insurance is an insurance broker agency that's been servicing south florida for over 15 years they offer auto insurance homeowners insurance condo life insurance retirement programs, free notary service to all their clients. They represent the leading insurance carriers in South Florida. So if you have a bad driving record, no problem. No driver refused free phone quotes. So this is very efficient work with Lynette. She is a great uh, fan of the show um, is often in our comments on our live shows on YouTube. And we appreciate the engagement and always being in our corner, a aggressive insurance. The website is insurancebylynette.com. That's with two N's and two T's in Lynette. Uh, we're trying to push her website, big time insurancebylynette.com bookmark that on Instagram. She's a aggressive underscore insurance, Facebook, a a aggressive insurance and on Twitter at aggressive. I S. Again, that's A Aggressive Insurance, insurance by Lynette.com. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So Bam out of bio, 30 points on 50% shooting, gets to the line 14 times, 10 rebounds, only has three turnovers. This is a game where uh, I just can't say enough of how good I haven't had a chance to look at any advanced numbers, no cleaning the glass. Sean's not here tonight. So Brian and I, we don't have that subscription to cleaning the glass or whatever that is. So, uh, so we're rolling with, with the regular box score and the eye test. And you know what, Brian and I are capable of giving y'all the right kind of analysis via the eye test. And I felt like you're right. Like this, um, it, it was like palpable to the point that Caleb and these other guys started playing better. I thought Kyle had a really important game. Shout out to him for playing well. Um, but let's go to that final sequence with yeah. Jimmy here. Yeah. And we're going to back up and get some kind of broader scale look ahead tips and stuff like that to close this out. And we can go over one more time, kind of top to bottom, what this game looked like statistically for our listeners if you didn't get to watch it. But Jimmy Butler, 16 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists, no turnovers. I mean, to say his game is pedestrian when he does that is crazy, but he did it pretty quietly. And then the fourth quarter came, and he went on Dion, or uh, on Devin Booker. And yeah, Devin Booker is a great player and had some and one stuff happen. But that final play, Brian, talk about what Jimmy did to get a key uh, stop against Devin Booker late in the shot clock to uh, end this game. So I just pulled it up again, just to sort of look at it as I'm talking about this. So they have 17 seconds left in the game and the heater up 113 to 112, which is how this game ended. Cameron Payne gets into the lane. There's a rebound tipped around DeAndre and gets it back. And this is where they kick it out to Mikhail Bridges. Devin Booker gets the ball at the top of the key. Jimmy Butler is just right on him. Like from the moment he starts to get into his triple triple threat stance, Jimmy Butler is low, like really low. And he's with him the entire time. Devin Booker's going, trying to get right, go to the right elbow. He gets to the right elbow. Jimmy Butler swats the shit out of him. <laughs> well said. As Devin Booker pulls up, I forgot how violent that was. Uh, five And no foul called and, honestly eddie johnson who was complaining earlier on about like the physicality of bam where he was saying that bam flops and then he you know tugs uh, on deandre in's arm and he was doing a lot didn't eddie say johnson anything wants about to fight me i believe by the way but that's in, in the conversation for another show <laughs> that's Continue. another yeah that's another story but so we're back at the elbow jimmy butler blocks shit at a uh, at a devin booker devin booker retreats to the three-point line recovers the loose ball is trapped on one side by, uh, that's Max Struess. Jimmy Butler closes on the other, so he's double teamed at this point. He dribbles out of the double team and into Jimmy Butler's chest because Jimmy Butler's right there, this time on his left, because Devin Booker is not going to obviously go toward the baseline. He's on the right wing trying to get to the left so he can get a little more dead center. He dribbles, tries to get out of this trap that Jimmy Butler has him in, away from the baseline, tries to spin out, and he doesn't have much time left, so he just tries to hoist up a turnaround three, and Jimmy Butler just had that well covered. And Devin Booker, like, that's a 
that's the best shot attempt he could try to create, but that's Jimmy Butler. And he had, he was like 16 points, 13 rebounds, seven assists, something like that on five of 12 shooting. He doesn't want to get 40 points every night. Like he'd much rather win this way where he's doing things on the defensive end, igniting the offense, doing the little things, cutting, not having to carry the team on his back the whole time. He can do it and he's willing to do it when the moment calls for it. But he'd much rather have Bam have a crazy game. Remember, when he first came here to Miami, he was saying that Bam Adebayo was the best player on the team. He was saying that, like, I feel like most of his first year, and that's to build up Bam and to not have to sort of have the weight all on his shoulders. You know what I mean? And I think there's something to that. I still think he really feels that way. And Jimmy Butler doing that reminds you that he's a all-defensive caliber player whenever he's healthy and there's a reason that he's probably going to the hall of fame when his career is said and done. I think he has six all-stars at, at this point and five all defensive teams. You could argue that he should have more. And that's what you want your star player to do. Uh, Ethan Skolnick has said this on this podcast. He said this throughout last year, like you can close games on defense. And this is what he means. Like Jimmy Butler being able to guard Devin Booker, one of the best, probably maybe the best shooting guard in the league. Right. Yeah. And being able to yeah. neutralize him. Uh, in that possession, like that's what you want out of your star two-way player who's been one of the best two-way players in the NBA for most of his career, I guess, at this point. It's, it's funny. Bam had 30 and 10 tonight, and Jimmy had kind of the more um, balanced stat line but had the big uh, defensive play at the end. Usually it's the reverse, right? Jimmy yeah, has yeah. like some crazy 40-point <laughs> stat line, and it's Bam who's doing that. So it's good to see that role, re- role reversal. I think that's healthy for both of those guys too. Um Caleb Martin, I thought, uh, was really key. You touched on it earlier about some of what um, you thought Bam sparked for him, but I also thought that just throughout the entire game, he was super efficient. His shooting early in the game kept them in spots where um, things could have got out of hand, and it just it kept them around to a point where they could uh, eventually make the run to get back there. Also, the bench units, if you really look at it, everyone got in double figures. I know Spo still running a super tight bench. Deadman only had 11 minutes, but somehow scored 12 points in 11 11 minutes. That's got to be some sort of Dwayne Deadman record. Um, any thoughts on the bench? So just not really about this game, Sean, unless you got it. If you want to wax poetic about any of those guys, please feel free to do so. Brian, you um, mean, but yeah. <laughs> Matt, Max had a bad game and um, I don't know how much we need to really dissect that because he feels like every two or three games, this is kind of what happens with Max, but yeah. Can the I Heat mean- go on the road? This is my question. Sorry. I, I that was a really long wind up. I'm long-winded here. Uh <laughs> can the Heat go on the road and play only eight guys? Like, like, how is that gonna manifest itself on this trip? Do you think they can survive this trip, let's say above 500 and only play eight as they head out on the road? Uh, I mean, look, I, now I feel like this te- this is a team I recognize now. I'll say that. And I say that to say, like, this will carry on the road in terms of how they play, or at least it should. Me personally, in terms of the bench and in terms of just their rotation in general, um, I, like I, I'm looking at the minutes distribution, and this is not something that's sustainable over the course of a long regular season. You have Jimmy Butler at 35, you have Caleb Martin at 37, Bam at 36, Kyle Lowry at 39, and Max Struess at 36. Um, and then Duncan Robinson and Gabe Vincent are at 21, 25 respectively. Only Dwayne Dedman is lower than that at 12. I personally want to see Nikola Jovic and Jamal Kane, as you know, as I've said, I just want to see them out there, see what they can do. 
give them like eight minutes, just spot minutes, whatever, a little bit in the second quarter, a little bit in the third quarter, like something like that. Just give them like two quick, two quick uh, runs and then just leave it, leave it there. But I don't know. And then on the road, especially against a team like Toronto, who they play first on the road. I mean, <laughs> I'd, like want to, I'd want to widen that rotation. So you got Toronto Wednesday, November 16th. You have Washington in Washington two games after. And Chris Porzingis is playing really well lately at 6 threes the other night. Uh, also, Caleb Martin at 5 threes tonight. Not sure I'm going to get used to that. <laughs> but And then after that, they have a double header or a back-to-back, excuse me, Um November 20th and November 21st, Sunday, Monday, they have at Cleveland and at Minnesota. So you're going to Cleveland and then you're hopping on a flight to go to Minnesota. So you have Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, if Jared Allen's healthy, because I know he missed last game due to injury. And then Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. And granted, you know, uh, Minnesota hasn't been playing well. They did win recently. But like, th- you know, these are going to be tough physical matchups. And I would like to see Nikola Jovic get out there and try to stretch the floor. Jamal Kane be an energy uh, on the on the defensive side of the ball in particular. Um, so I think that, like, at some point, Spoh's going to have to widen the rotation. I don't know if it's going to happen on this road trip, but I think he's going to at some point because, yes, I know you're missing Victor Oladipo for however much longer than Omer Yurtsevin is getting ankle surgery. But at some point, like, let's see Jamal Kane and Nikola Jovic. That's where I'm at. Yeah, no, I I understand that. And maybe this is as easy as the rotation will slightly increase when Tyler comes back and that's the ninth guy and then off we go, right? But to your point, I think that when they go against these teams that are long and um, would project to present trouble, whether it's, you know, the laughable Minnesota Timberwolves, but although they are laughable, they do have some guys who have length and athleticism. And then they have obviously um, Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns to a much lesser degree on the defensive end <laughs> to worry about. Um, and then obviously Cleveland is just talented across the board. They've got guys at every position that are dynamic in a number of ways, even though they probably will never win anything, but you know, for the sake of this conversation, they do present problems. So to your point, are they going to be able to get away with, yeah, a nine man rotation, but if you're adding Tyler hero to it, you're not adding much length and you're not adding much size. So how do they navigate that this trip? I think that that is an interesting thing to watch ahead Um, A thing that I want to get to uh, before we close out here is the ODM performance solution of the night. And this is funny because I'm just going to steal it from Monty Williams, who's upset in his post-game presser. We have Alex Brady and Ethan there at the post-game press conferences in Miami. Um, Monty Williams says that he's really upset about the free throw disparity. So the performance solution of the night is the Miami Heat shot 25 free throws and the Phoenix Suns shot four free throws. I would say any game that you can figure out a way to um, only foul a team enough times for them to shoot four free throws, that is the performance solution of the night. And to that point, team building is hard. Uh, If you don't think team building is hard, just ask the Miami Dolphins because for the last two decades, they've been absolutely awful at it. And finally, they they look like they figured out something there. ODM Performance Solutions can help you build a winning team and keep it together. If you're looking to fill an important role at your company, ODM Performance Solutions can help you find C-suite level leadership, sales rainmakers, plus management and operational support staff. To find out more, check out odmpsi.com or give them a call at 954-434-0634. Again, that's 
ODM Performance Solutions, ODMPSI.com, 954-434-0634. So uh, closing out here, final thoughts on tonight's game. If you got anything else, uh, I know that you keep notes throughout the game, which I appreciate because I do the same. Uh, so um, kindred spirits on that note, but also yes, just look, looking ahead. Is there anything other than obviously how they navigate the big man situation? Do you think that this actually, this win streak, but particularly this game against Phoenix, the way that they rallied back um, and they secured a victory on a pretty gutsy play, um, do you think that it will be uh, something that could spearheads? Like, how much do you put, do you think it's tangible to equate a victory like this to something that could spearhead a, a further win streak as they go out on the road? Tangible or intangibles was actually the phrase I was legitimately thinking of because, like, we can look at all the advanced numbers that Basketball Reference and Cleaning the Glass and uh, all these other places sort of provide, but. You need to actually like watch these games and you can identify just the difference in spirit that this team had in the fourth quarter in particular, because again, when they were down 102-89, feel like in the first three weeks of the season, uh, they would kind of roll over almost, or they just wouldn't put forth the effort to really come back in a way that is unheat-like, right? And today you saw a difference. Again, beginning with Bam going sort of coast to coast and, Euro stepping, drawing a foul on Devin Booker and getting the and one Euro stepping where like, I'm not a Euro step fan. I feel like everyone does it. And in general, I feel like, you know, everyone has the same goddamn moves at this point, but that's a rant for another day. Don't get me started. Except D Wade, his <laughs> right. Euro step was next level. Anyway, yeah, we'll go, yeah, continue. But he was also doing it at a time where people weren't really doing it like that. Now everyone's trying to do it, but basically, but for him, it made a lot of sense in that play in particular, because like, otherwise he would have just, charged into Devin Booker and got the offensive foul. And then people would have been like, oh, another turnover. Um, to me, you could just identify the difference in spirit, the difference of the difference in intensity, belief, want to, all those things, all those tangible things that really matter more than I think people can grasp uh, at the end of a game. Because you're not going to come back just based off of scheme or whatever the case may be. You have to want to execute it. You have to have a certain level of heart. You have to be pissed off that you're down 13. And it felt like they were actually pissed off they were down 13 and really tried to mount a comeback. Not a fake comeback, a real comeback. And they got within arm's reach of this lead and were able to close the show. And I just want to leave this off with one other thing. Uh, I want to shout out to Kyle Lowry because before tonight, in his last nine games, was averaging 14 points over six assists, 46% shooting. Uh, granted, nine and a half attempts per game, not many, but 46% shooting. 37% on over six threes per game in the last nine games leading up to this, and 93% on over three free throw attempts per game. Uh, and you see it. Like, you see that he's been getting better or playing better. Um, I don't really have as many complaints probably nope. as you would have when they were like two and five. Yep. And Kyle Lowry had another big outing tonight where again, he hit that three at the end of the game. He took it. And I was like, Oh, that's going in, which is not a feeling that you might've had at another point earlier this year. You know, it's a long season. And it's just to remind people like the, these things, like, you know, there's going to be ebbs and flows and peaks and valleys throughout the whole season. So we'll see what happens. And, also, with Tyler Hero, you know, ankle injuries are tricky, but they have been playing well, <laughs> you know, in this stretch with him on the sideline. 
Uh, I, I, I do think they're going to need him, but they have been playing well without him. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens if he's reintegrated on the road. I think that could be potentially very interesting. There are spots where they need him, but there are other spots where it's like kind of moving the ball well with him not there. And you kind of wonder like, hmm, is he going to return and not start? Like, is this getting weird? Like Max Strews being in the starting lineup again? Like what's going to happen? So <laughs> I don't want to start a controversy. I but, no, I know. love that you went there, yo, because <laughs> this is exactly the minute that I saw Tyler get injured. I joked and said that, um, oh, oh, this is going to be a perfect opportunity for Spolstra to get the chance to approach with due diligence a lineup that doesn't include Tyler Hero in the starting lineup. And then it looked like he was going to play. And then he ended up getting held out ultimately. Um, and you're right. Like now Max Struess is in the starting lineup. They string together a few victories. I don't think to your point that they're going to go out onto the road and just throw him in the starting lineup after this team has won three straight um, now with this group playing essentially, right? I, I don't, did Tyler start the first Charlotte game? No. Okay. No. Uh, um, I, did he, I don't even think he, did he didn't play against Portland, did he? You're right. No? You're right. Thank you. Um, so to that point, I think that they do have a case to be made to keep with this group for now, because like they've been struggling to find something that works and now they found something that has worked short term. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch on the road trip too. Brian is good at this, coming up with things for us to watch. Uh, he's found a couple of these with the t- the Twin Tower, uh, you know, games that they have to play and and going deeper in the bench that way. And now also watching what goes on in that on that front. So uh, pl- plenty of intrigue as we look ahead. We will have you covered for all of it, Brian. Uh, final thought? Yeah, how a hero just to confirm did not play against Portland either Charlotte game or Phoenix. And remember, Portland, one of our big takeaways early on was they were moving the ball really, really well. <laughs> and then uh, Charlotte, they struggled, but they ended up winning. So they're three and one since he got hurt. I don't again, I don't think Tyler Hero's holding this team back or something along those no. lines. I don't think. No, it, but it could be about roles, like to your point. Like, like it, th- there's something to be said for what happens if he comes in and they want to bring him off the bench and it goes really well. Because I'm looking at their bench now and it's like Duncan, Gabe, Deadman. You kind of need a Tyler Hero to create with that exactly. unit. <laughs> and then you're kind of back to what you were doing last year. Right. I mean, like, hey, man, like, that's what we're doing. He deserves then- to start, to be clear. But I'm just saying, we want to approach this with an open mind. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no. And I think Spolstra and the organization will. I don't know how much Tyler Hero will love that. But I also think that he will actually do the right thing and, and buy into whatever works for the team if they are winning. If they're not winning, that's a different conversation. So I think you're on to something there for sure. And in the event that Kyle Lowry, uh, to tie a bow on this since I've been so critical of him, continues to play this well because he has really turned it around. And you can see it in his disposition. He's been steadier. And and statistically, yes, no doubt. Then this may not be this, we need to trade Kyle Lowry to figure this thing out. That's the extreme that many Heat fans have gone to. It could be as simple as uh, the right opportunistic buyout candidate showing up. I doubt that is the way to go because of luxury tax implications. I think no matter what, the Heat are not paying the tax this season. No matter what, write me down for Heat are not paying the the luxury tax. Uh, But if it's Duncan for a front court piece, like if that's the only move that they make, if Kyle Lowry is playing like this, then that actually is the type of move that can solidify this team as a real 
uh, contender, provided that they're playing well, shooting well, and everybody is healthy, as we've talked about. Um, So I just think those are things to consider. Kyle Lowry has played really well. Um, so I definitely want to give him his flowers that way because I have been critical of him, but he's been awesome. And I hope that he continues that out on this trip. Yeah, I I would agree with that for sure. Well, thank you for joining us. We will have you covered for the rest of the week and, uh, for Brian Fonseca, uh, myself and the rest of the five on the floor crew who are at the game covering the press conferences. Thank you for watching or what listening, excuse me. (laughs) Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.